please remain standing and turn in your Bibles to the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians, our folks, help people around you, please. This is not necessarily an easy book for some people to find. Way up in the New Testament, way, way up there. Uh, Philippians chapter number 3. Philippians chapter number 3. One verse and then we will make our prayer. Philippians chapter number 3. Do you find it? Philippians chapter number 3. Look at verse number 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's our only verse that we will have as a text verse this morning. May we read it one more time. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, thank you for the Bible. May we realize all else can be thrown to the side. It does not make a difference what a person may feel or think or circumstances in their life. God's word is true, paramount, has the authority over everything. So God, I pray that this will make sense this morning to people, that they will yield to it this morning, that they would understand it and begin to do something with it. May I be a help to your people this morning, please. If there's anybody in here or our Spanish uh, ministry going on down the hallway, Lord, I pray they'll get saved this morning. If they're not, and come to know the most glorious Savior, Jesus Christ, for their life. Thank you for this time. I ask you to please bless in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. From the 
this dull, empty life I'm set free. For when I met Jesus, he made me complete. He forgot the foolish man I used to be. please chapter number four first corinthians chapter number four i'll never understand why people come to church without a bible that's like uh, i have people come to my bible class i teach bible in high school and also in college and they'll show up without a bible <clears throat> it's called bible class it's called bible study church should never come without a bible and so you say well i trust you i appreciate that but i'd rather you had a bible and say it's in the it's in the bible in God's word. That's what you want to do. Now, I know our world doesn't put a big emphasis on that anymore, but we should. And so, uh, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. We talked about Philippians chapter number 3, verse 14. Paul said, I press. Now, I want, Christian, I want you to listen to me because I've noticed some things in our lives and something I'm not sure you seem to realize. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, watch, in Christ Jesus. So Paul is simply saying here, I've received the highest calling a man could possibly receive, and it's in Christ. There is not another higher calling anywhere on the, hey, look up here. I'm up this way. Quit looking at the girls. I'm over here. I'm cuter than any girl in here. So what you have here is Paul said, I've received this high calling. And then Paul also goes on and says, I want to hit the mark for which I was called when Christ saved me. Now, Paul said, there's a mark out there. I want to hit it. There's a prize. God gave it to me. It's in Christ Jesus. I'm talking to Christians this morning. Listen to me carefully here. Paul said, I want to follow. In order to receive what God called me for, I'm going to have to press. Christian, listen to me. I'm going to have to press. That sounds like work. That sounds like struggle. That sounds like going forward at times I may not want to, but that's what it sounds like to me. Paul said, I'm going to fully give myself to it. I'm not going to give up. There's a mark out there. God saved me for a reason. Christian, are you listening to me? God saved me for a reason, and I'm going to have to press to get to that mark. It's not going to be easy. 
generational Christian, listen to me. You've been handed life on a platter, and even that isn't to your liking. You've got to understand Christianity is not for the woke generation. It is not for the Z generation. What do I mean by that? It's not that that's not what you need. It is what you need. It's not that that is not something that doesn't apply to you. It does apply to you. It's simply you're not cut out for it after you get saved. The reason is you don't want to press. You don't want to work. You don't want to push forward. And when hard times hit, you look for an easy way out. I'm talking to Christians. I'm not talking to you that may not be saved. You listen to me carefully this morning. Paul wrote this letter to the to the to the Philippians here here that we're talking about. I know you're in Corinthians, but our, our text verse here in chapter three, verse fourteen. Paul wrote this letter to them. You won't believe this, encouraging them to live right and not give up. Do you know where Paul was during this time? Paul was in a prison in Rome. Paul was in a prison writing to other people, telling how he had to press toward the mark of the high calling, which is of God in Christ Jesus. He said, look, I'm in prison, and that's my mark. That's what I'm still going for. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. First Corinthians chapter number 4. Go down to verse number 10, please. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 10. Are we fools for Christ's sake? But ye are wise in Christ. Watch, now watch, watch what Paul starts saying about himself. We are weak, but ye are strong. Ye are honorable, but we are despised. Even unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place. And labor, working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless being persecuted. Listen to me, Christian. He's not just talking about you and, and unbelievers out there. He's talking about each other. There's going to be times when the foes shall be those of your own household. At least it will seem that way. Watch what he says here. He said, reviled, we bless. Persecuted, we suffer. Verse 13, being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world and as the offscouring of all things unto this day. Paul saying, this is what people think about us. Paul said, this is what people do to us. Christian, listen to me. This is what this world thought of the Apostle Paul. Now, I may be wrong on this. I think Paul was a pretty good Christian. I might be wrong about that, but I think he was. Paul and the apostles endured such great things. They went through so much. These first Christians of the New Testament, they went through so much. Listen to me, Christian. Listen to me. Get over yourself. Watch what these men went through. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, drop down to verse number 23. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 23. Are ye ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. There were people running around saying that they're apostles and ministers of Christ so that the church would give them and feed them and help them. And Paul is saying, uh, are they ministers of Christ? I, I'm, he said, I'm talking as a fool. He said, no, they're not. Watch. Uh, I, I am more. He said, oh, they're apostles? Okay, watch this. I am more. Labors. Now watch what he points out. He didn't talk about blessing, speaking in tongues, healing, praise and worship services. Listen to me carefully, Christian. 
Here's what he says. In labors more abundant. In stripes, that means he got his back laid open above measure. In prison more frequent. In deaths often. Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes save one. Now that means he received 39 stripes with a cat of nine tails. And how many times? He said here five times. You do the math. Paul's back was laid open more times than he could even count anymore. Watch what happens. Thrice or three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three, thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings oft, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Listen, how in the world did these men keep going? How in the world did they not give up? How does a person keep on going with all of this going on in their life? Yet, when all is said and done, when death was being wrapped its bony fingers around Paul's life, do you know what Paul said? Paul said, even at the time getting close to his death. Many times, I believe Paul died right outside of a city being stoned to death and they took him and threw him out on the ash heap and he said, I know a man above 14 years, whether in the body or in the spirit, I know not. He said, I don't know if I really died or I was just to the point, I, I was delirious, I don't know, but I do know this much. He was taken to the third heaven. Paul said, that's how bad things got. I thought I was dead or I really was. Now, here's what I'm saying. He said during that time, you know what he said? I fought a good fight. Amen. Christian, listen to me. Nobody cares for the most part how many times you're irritated, how many times you've been suffering, how many times you hurt. They really don't. What people want to know is, is it worth the battle? Can we still do this? Is it worth fighting for? Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul said, I didn't deviate. I stayed at it. And I just read you the list of things that the apostle Paul went through. And he said, I press. I press. I pray there's a mark that God saved me for, and I'm pressing. Sounds like a lot of work to me. I said, if you would, I am changing the end of my course. Paul said, I'm not changing a thing. I'm not changing a thing. God called me to Christ, and I'm still running that race. I'm still fighting that. I'm still on that course. I haven't changed my doctrine one bit. Paul said, I'm coming to the end of this, and I'm still at it. I am still at it. I'm still on fire for God. And by the way, Paul was not bitter at the end of his reign. Look at me, Christian. Look at me, Christian. You today who have suffered more than any man. The apostle Paul was probably going blind. His body, part of it didn't even work. And yet all of this going on, and we find out here at the end of his race, I'll show you a scripture, Paul was not bitter. Paul was not upset. Paul was not hardened in heart. What do I mean by that? Going through the motions, doing my duty. No heart involved. Paul said, I'm not finishing that way. Paul, through it all, was still enjoying serving the Lord. Turn to Acts chapter number 20 and verse number 24. Acts chapter 20 and verse number 24. These people are in the Bible as examples to us. They're not exceptional human beings. They're not angels. They're not robots. They are human beings just like you and I. 
And Paul said, when I got saved, God put something inside of me, a fire that started burning. I don't want it to go out. I don't want it to fade. I don't want it to ease up as I get older. I'm not going to get bitter and force my way through things just because it's my duty. I hate to be that way. You should hate to be that way. The Apostle Paul in Acts 20, 24 said this, neither count I life, my life dear to myself so that I may finish my course with joy. Now, wait a minute. I just read 1 Corinthians, and I just read 2 Corinthians, and I read what people said about you, and I see how people treated you, and I see what all you went through, and you said you're still at it. You haven't deviated. You're not bitter. You're not throwing up the white flag and yet still marching on so everybody will know how much you went through. The apostle Paul said, let me tell you something. I'll tell you why I want to end this way. Because I want to end with joy. When I meet my Lord, I want him to know it wasn't suffering on my part. You did that. I enjoy what God called me to do. And you just read what he went through. Quit. Look at me. Look at me. Quit feeling so sorry for yourself like nobody else knows the trouble that you see. Because that's not true. If you're going to make this, if you're going to finish your course, if you're going to hit that mark, you have got to understand other people came before you that went more than you'll ever know. And Paul said, I'll tell you how I'm finishing this thing, with joy. And then he went on and he said, and the ministry which I have received after Paul had been stoned and rocks bouncing off his body again, I believe Paul died. They drug him outside and threw him in the city dump. Makes you want to serve the Lord, doesn't it? You know what the Apostle Paul did? The Apostle Paul laid there for some time, I don't know how long, when he recovered. You won't believe this. You will not believe this. Do you know what that guy did? How weird of a man to do that. What kind of a guy would do something like this? He gets back up, walks back into the same town, and preaches the same message that they stoned him for and threw him out in the dump. How does a person do something like that? How could he do that? What kept Paul going? That's what we're after right now because we don't think he can. Preacher, you don't understand. Knock it off. I do understand. What got him started again? What got Paul started again? When he was running with his running buddy, you know, Silas, there they were in the, in the prison house at night, right? Do you know before they got there, they got beat, and then they were put in the inner dungeon hands and feet in stocks. There they sat in the cold all night long, thinking what's this all about, calling their attorney, whining and crying, telling everybody how much trouble they've been in and how it's not fair. Not on your life. That would be us. The apostle Paul inside is sitting there at midnight, listen to me, not walking around the prison, no daylight to be seen. They were in the inner, inner prison, hands and feet in stock. And you know what they begin to do? They begin to pray and rejoice. No, they weren't praying and rejoicing because, man, this is fun. They were praying and rejoicing because somebody saw Christ in them and thought enough to attack them, to stop them. Who in the world would ever think we could be identified as a born-again Christian? But Paul did. How is this possible? How is it possible? Your back is laid open. You're cold. It's it's an injustice. Nothing you did, nothing sinful. And there you are, your hands and feet in stock. You're sitting on the ground. You're running buddies there beside you. And both of them begin to pray. And both of them begin to sing. What kept them going? What caused them to go at it again? When they got out, they went on with business like everything was fine. How is this possible? Look at me. How is this possible? How can Christians do such things? 
when churches that Paul had started, they decided some of the leaders, Paul started, won them to Christ, got them established before he moved on. And then Paul had a habit of going back and revisiting those churches just to see how everything was going before he went on his journey. Somebody got in authority and said, we don't want Paul back here. By the way, anybody that sides with Paul, you can leave too. How did Paul keep going after that? Paul gave his life to other churches. Paul gave his life to other people. God, Paul gave his life to new work, and then he traveled on. All this work that he invested in, and then all of a sudden somebody says, you're not welcome here. How could Paul keep going on? What caused him to get started again? That's what I want to know. What caused Paul to get started again when churches that he had started treated him this way? What was it? Because when Paul got saved, you listen to me, you listen to me well. Here's the part you have forgotten. You forgot the day you got saved. You forgot the fire that God put in you when you got saved. You forgot how you felt on the inside. You forgot how everything changed around. It didn't change around you. It changed in you. God put a fire inside of you and you let it die. You let it go out. It's not what it used to be, is it? No, you sat there saying, I'm more mature now. No, you're colder now. You're deader now. You're not right with God. You've been through a few battles and think to yourself, I can't go on this way. Then pray tell, how did the apostle Paul do such a thing? Because when Paul got saved on that road to Damascus, God put a fire in Paul and Paul fell in love with it so much. Paul said, this ain't going out. I will not let this go out. Now, don't you look at me like that. I'm older than almost anybody in this room. You haven't been through hardly anything yet. How's it possible? How can you do this? Well, you don't understand. My feelings are hurt. That's it, huh? That's it. About right quit. Well, the preacher looked at me and said, you're not right. That's all it took. The apostle Paul was stoned to death. More than once, beaten with rods, clubs, shipwrecked, almost drowned, found himself on islands. He didn't even know where he was sometimes. The apostle walked, and then he got back up, and you just said what he said, I'm pressing on. Yeah. I'm pressing on the upward way. Sound like preacher's voice now, and I won't be able to sing tonight. The apostle Paul, he didn't want God to put a fire inside him. Do you remember that? Do you remember when you got saved? Do you remember the day you got saved? You mean it was it? Yeah, I had prayer and that's about it. Hey, listen to me. Fellas, listen to me. Hey, shut up and listen to me. What are you looking at him for? Look at me. Knock it off. Not you. The guy's behind you. You need to sit on the other side of him. Scoot over. You come here to listen to me, not talk. You could have done that at home. Listen to me. Here, I need an usher. Usher, I need a... I need this one right here to go out. Not the guy sleeping. He ain't bothering nobody. Hurry, hurry, come on. Come on. Right down here. No, come down this way. Right there. Second guy right there. We got a special seat for you to fall asleep out there. They're not watching you. They're going to watch me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Out. There you go. It's what you wanted. There you go. Listen to me. Him too. Okay, no, take them all out. You're not coming to church here to run things. Parents, if that's why you brought your kids, you leave. It's not a playground. Now, you listen to me, listen to me well. We don't play church here. We will help you. We will give ourselves to you. We'll do almost anything we can that's right to help you. But I'm not playing your game. You come here to listen to me and participate in what we do, or you can leave. You understand that? You don't have to stay here. 
because Paul, I don't want any talking out in the foyer. When Paul was saved, Paul, in order to stay that way, listen, here's the title. Paul had to keep the fire burning. I said Paul did, not God. God put the fire in him. Paul, look at me, Christian. You have to keep the fire burning. God is not going to do it in spite of you. Others cannot do it for you. We can help. We can be around. We can encourage. We can preach. We can teach. We can set the example. But you have to keep the fire burning. That is what today's child of God needs to learn, how to keep the fire burning. I was told, you may know this better than I do, as General Fernando, I think it's Fouch, Fouch, the commander-in-chief of the Allied armies in World War II, when he was near death, he didn't know if he was dreaming or envisioning something. He envisioned his armies going forward and changing and charging the enemy. And yet, at the same time, while they were doing that, they were being hurled backward in defeat and being slaughtered. While he was in this, this daydream or whatever he was in, with all of his strength, he sat up in his bed and he said, Alonge, Alonge, which in English would be forward, forward. So while everybody felt as though defeat was on the horizon, it was time to go forward. You you thought, stop. I need a white one. Anybody got a white one? Nobody has one. Nobody even blows their nose anymore. That's not white. You, you, you colorblind? You don't have a white one? I was going to say, quit throwing up the white flag. You know, preacher's kind of gray. Well, that's kind of where Christians live, isn't it? <clears throat> and so what happens here is we are engaged in the mighty forces of evil. And you know that's true. You're not my enemy. I am not your enemy. We need to stop acting that way. There is a real devil, there is a real world, and your own flesh hates for you to do that which is right. You say, but preacher's not always easy. Sometimes I just want to quit. Well, join the club. Well, you think you're something special? You're the only one that ever wanted to quit and throw up the gray flag. You say, I want to quit sometimes when a loved one or a friend has let me down. I'm going to tell you something right now, young Christian. I'm going to tell you something right now, woke generation. Quit labeling yourself as pity party. We were called just before me the greatest generation. Somebody turn off that thing out there. You hear it going off? What? Oh, is that what it is? Okay, I'm sorry. I, I get distracted. Did you notice that? Sit up and pay attention. Okay. You didn't notice that? He said, no, I didn't notice that. When a loved one or a friend has let you down, you, you thought one friend may let you down. That's it? It gets a little discouraging, doesn't it? You thought about quitting when something happened that hindered your dreams. That hindered your dreams? The apostle Paul wanted to do great things for God, and every time he turned around, somebody trying to stop him. Somebody putting something in front of him. Somebody trying to kill him. Somebody putting a stop to it. Somebody putting him in prison. And your, your dreams have been hampered. Your dreams have been hampered. Okay, look, let's just cut to the chase. Probably 70% of America's kids are growing up in a single-family home. I wish it weren't that way. And you listen to me. That was not God's plan. Amen. We messed it up. You, somebody, doesn't make a bit of difference. Get over it. Right. 
take what you've learned that's Bible and help other people. Preacher, you shouldn't talk like that. I come from a broken home. I, my mom and dad divorced when I was 11, and I wish that never happened. But bless God, I'll use that for God's purpose instead of pity partying myself and being of no use to anybody. Get over it. The apostle Paul could be in a dump and blood running everywhere, maybe broken bones, and get back up and say, bless God, I'm pressing forward. That's what we need to do. Family members disown me, make fun of me. That's why some of you won't change. Your family members give you a hard time, don't they? Oh, you're going to church again? That's all it took, wasn't it? God forbid should they find out you gave any money to church. Oh, was that a cult? They don't even know how to spell cult. When day after day, there's no let up in this battle. Pastor, come on, you, you understand this, right? I do understand it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I do understand it. I don't know how Paul did this, you say. Honestly, preach, I've read what you just read. I, I don't know how Paul did this. How could he endure that? And then not just endure it, but do it with feeling and emotion because he loved the Lord and get back up and go do it again. I want to know how it, I'm telling you. Listen to me. You have to keep your fire burning. The fire God put in you is your responsibility, not my responsibility, not somebody else's responsibility. You have got to keep that fire burning. What did Paul do when he was traveling, which is him and maybe one other man? And there he was all by himself in the night. How did he, was in the, how did he keep the fire burning? Paul had to do that on his own. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, look at verse number 8. Folks, listen to me. You've been saved very long. I, I got Miss Vicky back here. Her husband choked to death in front of her. And here she said, serving the Lord. I, there are ladies over here that have lost children during and before birth. I've got other ladies in here that have lost loved ones. I mean, some families have disowned them. So quit pitying. Please quit pitying yourself. Not those people. You who think you cannot go on as though I hope I never have to suffer any more than this because I can't take it. That's not true. Right. Now, the Bible and God understands what you are going through. Listen carefully. The apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, go down to verse number 8. Now, watch what he says. We are troubled. You hear what he said? He said we are troubled on every side. Yeah, we are. We're not super duper special, uh, unemotional Christians. He said, look, we're troubled on every side. Every side. Yeah, we're not distressed. Yeah, you're right. We are in trouble. By, by the way, on every side, yet not in distress. We are persecuted. Yes, we are. We are persecuted. But what does he say? But not in despair. We, we, we are persecuted, but, but we're not in despair. We are, if you were, persecuted, but we're not forsaken. See, Paul looks at the other side of this. Yeah, that's true. But you say that's true, and you stop right there. Paul said, yes, that's true. We are cast down, but we're not destroyed. We are cast. You act like none of this should ever happen to you because you're a good person. Because you're living for Christ, all of this should be happening to you. But Paul said, okay, I admit it. I admit it. We are troubled on every side. We are perplexed. We are persecuted. We are cast down. Always, watch this very carefully. See the rest of this? Always bearing about in our body. The dying not the hallelujah, let's praise Jesus. Listen to me. Show me where Paul 
went to a church and done that. We live in an age can't get by that. I've had people come here and say they like the whole church, even the preaching, but the music just didn't do anything for me. Always bearing about in the body. Watch, the dying of the Lord Jesus. That, are you looking at it? You're not even looking, you're staring at me because I'm cute. Look what he says. That right, who said right? Honey, right there. That the life also of Jesus. I'm bearing about the death of Christ in my body that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. You want people to see Jesus in you, suffer and continue to live for him. Suffer and continue to live for him. You want somebody to see Christ and quit looking at you? You want to quit looking at you and start putting your eyes on others and the cause of Christ? Let the death of Christ show in your body that the life of Christ may show in your body. Paul was saying, I've had a lot of trouble lately, but it's not so great that it's over with. How many people, test time, I hate to do this on a Sunday morning, are still breathing? Okay, look at your neighbor, raise your hand, there you go, very good. You're going through some things. Are you telling me it's over? You're still alive. God's still on the throne. It's not over with yet. You've claimed that it's over with. You took the gray flag and held it up in the air and said, I can't take it anymore. How in the world did the apostle Paul go through all of this and continue on? I've looked for answers to questions which I could not find, but I'm not without hope. You keep looking for the end of a problem and the end of a hurt and an end of a devastation. Why don't you look for God and let him handle that part of it? You're looking for the wrong things. You're looking at your problem. You're not looking to God. Quit looking at your problem and look to him, and this will have to take care of itself. I've suffered persecution, but the Lord's still with me. If you're saved, how many are still saved? Wow, still saved, huh? So God does love you or he'd get rid of you, right? See, God keeps his word. You better be glad about that because most of us don't. Are you still saved even though you may be hurting about something? Are you still saved even though you suffer some loss with somebody, a friendship, a family member? Yes. If you're saved, you're still saved. How kind of God to consider that ahead of time and say to himself and say to you, just keep pressing. Just press. There's a mark out here. You press towards that mark. And I'm telling you, What's missing is the fire that's there. The world and Satan has knocked me down, Paul said, but I'm still alive to fight. I'm still in it. Look, you're in church this morning. You're still pressing. You're trying to accomplish something. You're putting one foot in front of the other. And I'm telling you right now, sometimes it feels like that's about all you can do, but that is something you can do. I went on a 20-mile force march when I got in the military. You know what that is? Yeah, don't try it. I don't know about the military today, but with full pack and boots, not tennis shoes and shorts, at night, I was scared to death. <laughs> I'd never been away from home much. I'd never been away from home 20 miles until I got in the military. And now all of a sudden, at night, fully weighed down, they said, we are going to go. Listen to me now. We're going on a 20-mile forest march. That means marching through the forest. <laughs> I'm trying to help you here. 
I thought, I'll never make it. We hadn't even started, and I wasn't going to make it. I just knew I wasn't going to make it. We hadn't even started, and I thought, Sarge, I, I, I can't do it. Shut up, Belle. Get back in line. So may I don't know if they're allowed to do that anymore. I'm just a preacher, and I'll tell you right now, shut up and just keep moving. They can't do it because of politics, but I can. So we started marching. And by the way, you have to keep pace with everybody else. See, that's the problem. You want to march to your own pace and think everybody should move around. In the military, they don't do that. We got to moving along, and all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah. how far have we gone? You won't believe what they told me. Shut up, Bell. Keep marching. And it seems like no matter what I asked, they just kept saying the same thing. They just kept saying, shut up, Bell, and keep marching. Every time you come to church, the preacher just says, it seems like it's your fault, like you need to straighten up, like you need to, why doesn't he say something different? Because you shut up and keep moving. Amen. That's what the apostle Paul did. Amen. He said, I haven't changed course. I haven't eased up. I still have a mark. And by the way, I am happy about it too. Well, at least I'm in the mark. Oh, yeah, you're so, so friendly to be around. By the way, you won't believe this. I finished my course. You have no idea how happy I was. Look, I'm bragging about it now. Yep, 20-mile force march, full pack in. How's that? What do you had to brag about? You broke the lead in your pencil. Right? You had a cough over the weekend. Somebody disagreed with you. Aw, poor baby. That's it? I'm getting ready to walk out. You know what your problem is? You're either not saved, or when you got saved, that fire that God put inside of you, that you fell in love with, you slowly let it die out till now it's cold, indifferent, and you're thinking and acting carnal like the world. You can't see any benefit to trying this again because you let the fire go out. And Paul said, I am not going to do that. I'm going to keep pushing on. You got to keep the fire burning. Hey, your bus route is dying because you're dying. Your Sunday school is dying because you're dying. Your family is dying because you are dying. Your singing is dying. Did you hear that this morning? Well, it didn't do anything for me. Good, that was our point. Amen. Wasn't trying to make you move your hips. Trying to move your heart. Keep the fire burning in your soul winning. Keep the fire burning in your music. Keep the fire burning in your family. Keep the fire burning in your marriage. Keep your fire burning on your job. It is your responsibility, just like the Apostle Paul, to keep the fire burning inside of him. I am not about to let it die. You got to keep the fire burning. This coming April 15th. I will have been saved 51 years. Okay, right? Brother Bell? Okay, what's that mean? I don't read sign language. Looks like one. 50, 50, okay, 51. My two or three in my family could sign. They learned that from their mommy. And uh, I was working on other deep things, you understand? And uh, she'd tell me, hey, just think if you ever go to heaven, uh, you have people in your family that can sign. I said, a lot of good to do me. I can't read it. It won't do me a bit of good. Paul said, Paul said, Jesus said something inside of me when I got saved. Do you remember that? I remember the day that the Lord saved me. Ready, ready? All of heaven came down. Remember that? You remember that? No, you, yeah, I remember it. I remember the day, the time. You remember a lot of facts. What about the fire? Do you remember the fire? 
Do you remember how unworthy you felt? Do you remember how good you felt? Did you remember, even though you didn't understand a thing, how you wanted that? Do you remember that? Do you remember the fire? That's what I'm referring to, a fire that God put inside of you that you fell in love with and said, oh, how I love Jesus. And you couldn't get enough of church. You couldn't get enough of witnessing. You couldn't get enough of reading. You couldn't get enough. And then somebody, somebody, somebody hurt you on purpose. You remember that day? You probably still remember their faces still praying, God burns them. And there you are shaking your head. Yep, remember that. And therein is when your fire began to die. You started justifying you instead of just pressing on to what God wanted you to do. I, when I say I, my wife too. Not her fault, she's attached to me. That is your fault. You accepted it, didn't you? There you go. Now, I, I know you don't believe this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I have gone through a great financial setback. I've never been set forward, but I've gone through that kind of stuff. I've had loved ones. We know when we got started, my oldest son had to go through open-heart surgery. Now, I'm going to ask you to feel sorry for me. i got a point in saying all this. I've lost friends and family to death. They're no longer with us on this planet. Since I've been in the ministry, they're all gone. Under pressure constantly. You'll, you won't understand this. If that's in hearing aid, somebody help me out there a little bit. Who, who is that? Is that a hearing aid? P- please pay attention. Help me out there a little bit. Okay. Turn it down. Turn it up. Turn it off. Something. Okay. Thank you. All right. Under pressure constantly. Often. Wrong way. Is that you? Yeah, turn it down. No, you got to turn it down. Yeah, you have to turn it down. It's, it's making noise. No, it's not okay. <laughs> May be okay for you, not okay for me. Okay. Can you can you turn that? Everybody's hearing your hearing aid. Oh, you, you squeeze it like that. You're making noise on purpose. You, <laughs> you need to stop that. Okay, let's be careful. I, I, you hear bad news every so often, right? I hear bad news constantly. I'm not actually bad for me. I'm, I'm trying to prove something here. I face downfall in my, I know you won't believe this, in my marriage. church splits, friends of a lifetime, not only leave but attack, you name it. Here's my point. I'd like to think I have a pretty good attitude. I like to think I'm pretty jovial. I probably joke more than I should. You said, preacher, how can you? And not, not just my first two or three. By the way, I wasn't saved even a year when a Christian, I mean, just hurt me to the core on, on purpose. You say, how do you know? Because I asked them. I said, you did that on purpose. Here's what they said. Yes, I did. And you know what I said in return? You shouldn't do that. It's against the Bible. <laughs> and it is. How, how, how can I go on? Seriously, just stop thinking. I, I know you can't put yourself there. Just think, how after 51 years, that's a long time, with, I, 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 could, I could fill a book with stuff. 
person who won me to Christ and baptized me and taught me the first 10 years of my life is not even in the ministry or even around here. And you can't make it because a Christian let you down. I'll tell you what the problem was. It wasn't the Christian that let you down. No, that hurts. You let your fire go out. So when that happened to me, I had to decide, and here's where some of you messing up, what am I going to do about this? So I come up with certain sayings that are based on Bible truth that keeps me moving forward. For example, my mom, who wasn't serving the Lord and left, my mom gave me birth, but she didn't give me second birth. Jesus did that. My brother may have won me to Christ, but my brother didn't save me. Jesus did that. I am not here to please you. I am here to please him. So therefore, no matter what other people do, I can still fulfill the ministry because I'm doing what God told me to do. Are you listening to me? You're attaching your beliefs and things on the wrong things and thinking it's okay, but it's not. Listen to me carefully. There was a Saturday, Saturday evening, April, come find out, it was the 15th. I've been lying to people for decades saying it was the 14th. Uh, the 15th, as the night I got saved, I don't remember much. I remember that night. You have to understand. You have to understand where I was and what I was. And that night, something began to light me up on the inside. To this day, I can remember it. To this day, I can tell you the feeling I had. To this day, I can tell you where I was seated. From this day, I can tell you how things begin to change. From this day, you say, how do you remember? I don't want to forget it. I don't want my life to fill up with other stuff and forget about the day that God put a fire inside of me and said to me, young man, sinner who just got saved, that now is a child of God. Don't you dare let this burn out. From here on out, you have to keep it burning. I put the fire inside of you from heaven and you you need to keep it burning. And that is our problem. Amen. We're letting the fire die out. That is our problem. I have told you so often where I used to live, we had a fireplace. Now you listen to me carefully. You don't have to put out the fire of God on purpose. When we first bought, not the house we're in, but the house we used to be at, one of the things that sold me on it, my, my wife was looking, she said, honey, I'm looking for a house. I prayed about it. And women are spiritual that way. And uh, she said, there are several things I have to have in a home. So she said, this, 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 and this. And a fireplace was in this house. I thought, does it work? Yes, it does. I said, okay. When I first couldn't wait for fall to get there, and I went out and got some wood. I don't care if it was wet wood, dry wood, pallets. It didn't I want a fire. So I, I built this fire. Now, for me, I can't do one or two logs. I've got to have fire, <laughs> like a blast furnace. And I'd sit across from there and watch football. Please forgive me for my sin. I still do that. And, I mean, I've got to, I got to fill it blasting out there. Man, it felt so good. And even at that, Mike, I put a blanket over me, and uh, I just loved, I loved the whole thing. And I'm just sitting there almost falling asleep. And it was so glorious. It was so great to have this fire. By the way, it warmed up the whole house because it went from down here and went up the steps and started warming up the whole house. And my wife would say, honey, I'm opening up a window. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> but hardly without notice. Look to me, listen. It starts becoming cooler. It doesn't get cold immediately. It starts becoming cooler and cooler. And then it gets cold. I didn't purposely 
throw up and he's like, I'm on fire. Let me put it down. You know why it was going down? Look at me, Christian. Look at me. Look up here. Look at me. You neglected your fire. I could just sit right there and refuse to move or refuse to do what I had been, look at me, instructed to do to keep the fire going. I had to actually get back up, move my blanket, put down the, the lazy boy footstool thing that you know how it spring up when you lay down. It's really great. And you would stay there. You understand? Man, I was comfortable. But it's getting cooler. It's getting cooler. I had to recognize that. Look at me. I had to recognize that. And then I had to do something about it or let the fire go out. Christian, are you listening to me? That once bright, burning, hot blaze can actually go out for, guess what, great sin? Neglect. Why doesn't God do that? Because that's your job. That's why I tell people, why you skip church? Why were you not in church on Sunday night? Why were you not in church on Thursday night? Why were you not at soul winning on Saturday? Why were you not in Sunday school? And then you're the first one to complain when you get hurt. And why doesn't the church do something? We do. We do everything we can. We hand you every stick, every branch, every log we possibly can. You don't put it on there. It's going out. Neglect. Neglect. It happens. Once it's going out, once it's gone, by the way, it's much easier, as much work as it was, I got to get back up, grab another log, open up the, the screen, put it back in there, stoke the fire up again, make sure nothing gets on fire, put the thing back together, go back over there, wrap myself up in a blanket, fall back in the chair again, adjust myself, put the whole thing right there. It's gone out again, get back up again. It's really hard being a Christian, isn't it? Takes a lot of work. No, seriously, it does. Takes a lot of work. I got to get up on Sunday, my only day off. I'm talking about you. Are you kidding me? Now they want me to do this too. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work in it. You know, and then they expect me to do this too. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work in it. And you decided it's not necessary, didn't you? And you grow cold, and you begin to fidget, and you begin to fuss, and you begin to freeze. I'm trying to think of all the F's I can right now. Keep your fire burning. What do you think I'm trying to help you with this morning? And I will guarantee there'll be you in here right now making excuse for everything I'm saying or why you can't do what I'm saying. Some of you, you heard this morning, you're not in a bad time. It's not because you have to go to work early in the morning. Eight o'clock is not early. Working 30, 35 hours a week is not a full work week. Well, that got quiet, didn't it? Even out in the world, not just here where I kind of relax and only put in about 80 to 90 hours a week. Out in the, look at me, 71. These guys get tired for all the hours I put in. Listen to me. Even working out in the world for myself or working at Rockwell. Rockwell, it was mandatory overtime, mandatory. During that same time, the IRS decided we're taking all your money. So I had to work and then work overtime and not get any money for it for six months. Oh, you want to know how, how many hours we were putting in during that time? 90 plus every week. 
mandatory or you're going to lose your job. So I am working 90 plus hours for nothing. I was in my 30s. I wasn't old like some of you that are 32, 35, 38. Now I'm 71. You said, preacher, why, why do you keep trying to push like you do? Not far from here, there is a mark. There's a goal. And way back here, 50-some years ago, there was a fire put inside of my soul. And I loved it so much. And I wanted it so much. And I wanted to please God so much. And I wasn't about right. And that first person that hurt me, it was like a gut punch. I thought, Christians don't do this. Yes, Christians do this. Time to mature, grow up. It's not what others do to you. It's what you do in return that's going to determine whether you go forward or not. Okay, you understand? So it's been a long road. One of the jobs that the priests had in the Old Testament, they don't do this anymore, we don't do this, of course, in the tabernacle, <clears throat> was something that was they were supposed to perform and do it all the time. And it was to keep the fires inside of there burning all the time. The fire for the sacrifice. If you're going to keep sacrificing your life for God, you better keep that fire burning. See, the priest had to go inside of there, and part of their job was to keep that fire burning all the time. It had to burn all the time. Whenever they were going to give sacrifice, it had to keep burning all the time. That was part of their job to do that. Also, across, not, not far from there, inside uh, one of the chambers there, there was only two in the tabernacle, was also the candlestick. And the candlestick had seven knobs on top of it, and it had to stay lit all the time. By the way, inside of there was pure olive oil beaten, I mean, just as pure as pure can be. You see, that oil in that candlestick, look here, here. If it was mixed at all, did not give off good light, and it would not shine the way it was supposed to. So you've got a lot of Christians that have their oil kind of mixed up, mixed with other stuff. You think I can do this, 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 this in the world and it not affect my light and my shining and my burning over here. How's that working for you? It is. It is. By the way, if, if you're upset about anything I said this morning, that's the proof something's bothering you. Who would not want what I'm talking about this morning? So this is what happens a lot of times. You see, first of all, the pure oil was not supposed to be mixed. It burns better when it's not mixed. See, you start listening to things you shouldn't. You start watching things you shouldn't. You start running with people. You're mixing your spirit and oil together, the Holy Spirit of God and what you like together. It won't mix. It just keeps weakening the spirit and weakening the spirit and weakening the spirit and weakening the spirit. And pretty soon, that which was meant to help you burn fire better, you start resenting. Church, preacher, you don't read. You don't pray. It's everybody's fault but yours, right? You said I didn't come here for this. I know, but this is what you need to know. Secondly, God's command. It is to burn. You ready for this? You are to burn because God commanded. Let your light so shine before men. Are you listening? That's a command of God. That's not a suggestion. We're not doing that. If we are, we're doing a poor job because the world is going off into darkness like there's no tomorrow. People don't mind hanging around you and you're a born-again Christian. Something's wrong with you. It's not something's wrong with them. 
Why is it light in darkness they accept that? Oh, no, you're just like one of us. How's that possible? How's it possible for a shining, burning light to fit into darkness like it's one of them? You see, I'm, I'm trying to convince them they need to be like me. It doesn't work that way. It'll get weaker all the time. And then third, for the people. You shine for the benefit of others. You don't shine because it's good for you. You don't shine because it makes you feel better. You don't shine because, boy, this is, I really enjoy it. Not, you do it. Your motive is for Christ and others. Joy. Jesus, others, you. You want joy? See, then all of a sudden things begin to switch. We forgot about Jesus until I mentioned him. Oh, no, I forgot about him. Yeah, when's the last time you mentioned him out in public? Others? No, they're the ones causing all the problems, right? It's all about you. It's why we're not happy anymore. It's why we have no joy anymore. It's why we can't get over anything anymore. It's why we take everything to heart anymore because it's very personal. You don't know how I feel about things. If you throw more logs on that fire, it'll burn again and you'll be okay. Every priest, until they pass away, kept the fire burning. Look at me. Every priest, until the day they passed away, was to keep the fire burning. They had to work at it. There's no magical fire here. God started it, and then God said, no, you keep that going. Don't you ever let that go out. That's why Nadab and Abihu died. They didn't take the fire that God started. They went over here and got some, some, some uh, what do they call it? Strange fire. Strange. See, you keep going someplace that's not helping your fire. You're getting it from the world. You're hoping that drinking will help you. You're hoping that another boyfriend will help you. You're hoping that another girlfriend will help you. You're hoping that another move will help you. That's all strange fire when it comes to God. you got to get the fire off the altar that God planted in you and keep that fire burning. 2 Samuel chapter number 3, verse 1 through 3. Don't turn there, but let me explain something. Eli is now becoming an old man. He had faithfully kept the fire burning, kept it burning, and I mean just faithful. And during this whole time when he should have had others helping, like his two boys, he should have had through family and others, but they didn't seem to care anymore. And the Bible said in those days there was no open vision. Nobody could see anything. It's all about them. They didn't care anymore, except Eli. Except Eli. And there he was every day. Couldn't hardly even see anymore. But he knew enough to mount the pulpit and tell people about God. It's hard to keep the light shining and burning when those that should be helping only care about themselves and their prosperity. That's what his boys did. They go out there and they were supposed to allow to be taken so much meat or something that the people offered them. Not on your life. They were taking anything and everything they wanted for themselves. Is this why we come to church? It's all about you. It's not all about you. It's about others. Others, Lord, yes, others. Let this my motto be. Let my life burn out for others as I burn out for thee. This is what life is supposed to be about for the Christian. You see, what happened was his sons would not help. But wait a minute, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, Christian. Don't lose, don't lose hope. There's a little Samuel that's been born. And it may not be your mom, dad, or even your own kids that decide to serve the Lord. But Eli, there was no open vision. He begins to pass off. And sure enough, there was this little kid. Loved God. Oh, he loved God. See, God put a burning in that little kid's heart. All he needed was an older person that still had some burning that showed him what to do. What's going to happen to this next generation? 
what, what, look at me. Hey, Christian, look at me. We come here for our happiness. We come here for our enjoyment. We come here because it makes us happy. What about those around you? What about telling the truth? How about adjusting your life to the truth and let God burn in you once again? How about that? Eli, who's going to keep the fire burning until your boys? Oh, that's right. They don't want to do this, do they? No, they don't. But God sent a little fellow by. He was going to serve the Lord. Turned out to be quite a priest too, by the way. You have to understand, we got to keep this fire going. I know we're just a little church on the west side of town that nobody really wants to go to to get with. It's on the west side. We want to go to Upper Arlington. That's there, Hildy. We want to go to Grove City to a nice church. You mean a nice building. By the way, you have a nice building, right? You and I must keep the soul winning, burning, until others join in. You and I must keep the bus ministry ablaze. As soon as there's problems, Brother Nouns and Brother Pledger was here the other day, and I said, our church is going through a little financial toughness. Looks like we're going to have to drop missionaries. Without hesitation, both of them go, that's what churches normally do first. The thing we shouldn't do. By the way, speaking of blazes, I want to know how we fell short last year, nine or $12,000 below our pledge. I'll tell you right now, right there he is. I gave plus everything I pledged. I keep my word. Things get tough, it starts becoming about you again, doesn't it? It's just a test, just to see which way you would turn for help. And that's what we did. The bus ministry is normally what they give up next. Because you see, it's just money going out. Nothing. Those little kids don't bring anything in here. We take up an offering day. If we get a buck twenty-eight, we'd be doing great off each bus. It's just the way that it is. But you see, that's not the purpose of the bus route. Is not to financially help you. It is to give out. So out that one day we will reap when it's time. We need to keep that burning. We need to keep Sunday school exciting again. I mean, come on. There used to be a fight. You want me to teach Sunday school? I'll never forget Brother Jordan when I first asked him. Is, is he out there? Is, is, he comes on. Seriously, he is. And uh, I'll keep him around as long as he stays right with Abby. And, uh, but the thing is, is that Jordan, he's like a little kid. Everything to him is new and fresh. He can't believe that somebody would let him do something. Probably one of the smartest guys I know. And yet it's just like, I can't believe it. There's a fire in Jordan that simply says, whatever it takes to keep this thing going. I mean, in him. And you look at him. The guy's just full of energy, and he just wants to do something for God. He's always helping other people. And he doesn't feel sorry for himself if things are, ah, that didn't work out too good. He'll go and do something else. You see, I think he's got a goal in mind. It's not Abby. Sorry, Abby. It happens to be Jesus Christ who saved him, and he's never gotten, by the way, quit trying to get over it. Why do you want to get over being saved? Why, why do you want to, yeah, well, that was years ago. Look, I've been saved years ago, a few years ago, like 51 years ago. 
And it bothers me that I start toning it down. It bothers me that I don't skip. It bothers me that I can't work with these guys like I used to. It bothers me that I don't have everything I used to have. Does it bother you? Just give in. This is why we die. The fire is going out in our life. King James Bible, God's only perfectly preserved word of God. Pure. We got to keep it pure and shining. Preaching. Preaching needs to be powerful. It needs to be pure and it needs to be according to the word of God until others arrive and catch fire. We say we pray. Now, don't take this wrong. You mean when we meet in a room and everybody's watching? You can't keep your fire going because I pray for you. You get up the last minute to go to work and you tell me you spent time with God in the morning. You're lying. You know you're lying. How do I know that? Because your fire's dying out. There's no glow in your face anymore. There's no, there's no desire with great feeling to serve the Lord. You hate it more and more all the time. You struggle with it more and more all the time. What's wrong with you? It's not what's wrong with Christians. You need to stay on your knees. You need to bury your nose in this book. Why, fellas, why is it I can't get you to do that? I'm just not a reader. You're lazy. It takes work to read. It takes work to memorize. It takes work to get something out of this book. God planned it that way. You can't do it by osmosis. God wants to spend time with you to keep that fire burning inside of you, and you've got to do something about it. Stay on your knees. Stay in the book. Throw on your soul logs of God's promise. By faith, believe and buy into that. Let me tell you something right now. I don't care what you feel, what circumstances go through. God's word is absolutely true and it has never failed. Never failed. That recipe that God has that will bless your soul will bless your soul just like it did somebody else's soul. Problem is you don't have enough faith and trust in God to follow through to see if God will do that. If God said it, it'll happen that way. God can recover from sinfulness. God can recover your bad marriage. God can recover a child out in sin. God can do these things. What happens if they show up and you're not here? You witness, witness, witness. Ah, see, it'll never work. So you quit. And then they show up. Hey, where's so-and-so? Uh, they're not with us anymore. Remember how some of you used to push me. Preach, when we're going to do this. Preach, when we're going to do that. Preach, when we're going to start this. When we're going to start that. How we're going to do this. How we're going to do that. Now you don't. It doesn't matter to you. I'm still here and you're still dying. By the way, when a pure godly fire is burning in your soul, look at me. And you're doing what God said. So it's not just talk. Faith that works is dead. See, right through you, okay? If I can, you know what God's looking at. And you're living for others. When you're doing those three things, the fire, look at me, Christian, look at me. The fire will burn jealousy and pride right out of your life.
It'll burn away the striving and the anger. It will burn away the striving and the anger. I don't care what your excuse is. It doesn't matter as long as Christ is pleased. That's all that matters. If that's burning in there, remember when you first got saved? That person said they didn't care for what you did. Oh, it's okay. I'll be content. That's fine. We're good. <laughs> no matter what they said, it's okay. Jesus loves me. We're good. Right? Remember that? You don't remember that. It'll burn away the gossip and the backbiting. When that fire is in there, don't kid yourself. There is outward expression of the death of Christ, his life living through your body that says, I'm saved, and it's burning bright. It'll burn away. I need recognition and applause or I'm quitting. You know, if it wouldn't hurt a lot of people, you need to be called a minister. No, not the minister. Pastor. Long distance between here to here. I'm not talking about preaching a sermon. The fire of God started in us. That God started is to consume, watch this, us. It's to consume us out of us. Christ liveth in me. The life that I now live, I live by the Son of God who gave himself for me. I don't live for me. When you start to be seen in your rights and how common I have a, that's you. Christ is not showing in you anymore. I don't care what you say, it's not showing in you anymore. Because when the fire is burning, the first person you pass judgment on is yourself. That's, what, that's the way it takes place. Well, they don't understand me. And, well, if they only understood. So it's all about you. The Bible said a backslider in heart is filled with their own way. But a righteous man is satisfied from himself. Maybe you think it's too late for you. You've been cold too long. Maybe the fire won't start in us. You let it go out years ago and you're just going through the motions. Well, at least I'm here, aren't I? No, you're not. You're sitting here, but you're not here. We could honestly take a piece of cardboard, take a picture of you, put it on the cardboard, bend it up, set it right there. Nobody even know you're missing. You don't grunt. You don't smile. You don't sing. You don't give. You sit here. I heard a story. <clears throat> a person in their home smelled gas. So they called the furnace man and said, I, I think we have a problem with our furnace. And the guy showed up, it was a gas furnace, and he showed up and, and he smelled it. And so he started searching around the house for what all was going on. He checked everything out. And finally he went over to where the stove was and he stood back up and he said, found the problem. The guy said, what's the problem? You ready? You let the pilot light it up. That was all. That was the big problem. The big problem was you simply let the pilot now today they have automatic shutoffs. It's like, oh, come on. That's back when they used to do it. Old days. You let it go out. The furnace man came by. He didn't, he didn't put it out. You did that. You just simply didn't check it. That's all. It just went out. But you can start it again. A lot of times you go down, you push a button a few times, and it'll start all by itself. Sometimes it's that easy to get started. 
The longer you let it go out, the harder it's going to be to get it on. Christian, God will bless if you just have a spark, if you care at all, if you'll even try. The Bible said you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. God said, I'm, I'm waiting on your move. What do you want? See, you have to keep the fire burning. I'm not going to do that for you. God is not going to do that for you. Learn how to keep the fire burning. Don't allow the fire going out in the tabernacle, Elijah or Eli, because little Samuel's coming along. You let that go out before he shows up. What's he supposed to do? He can't start that fire. God did that. It's your job to keep it burning. You older people in here, all three of you, you listen to me. There's no time to quit. It is no time to throw up the gray flag and say, I can't go on any farther. Look how many years you put in. What do you mean you can't go on any farther? There's a mark out there. When you got saved, you said, that's where I'm headed. That is my goal. I am going to live for Jesus till the day I die. You ain't dead. You just think you are. You see, we got to keep this thing going. There's a Timothy coming up, Paul. You got to stay at it until Timothy catches on fire and burns. There's an R.A. Tory coming up, Dale Moody. Don't give up now. He's headed this way. He'll pick it up if you don't lay it down before he gets there. Hey, Jack Hiles is on the way to John R. See, you don't know so many stories. John R. Rice was about ready to quit. The sword of the Lord was going down and becoming a magazine or a periodical nobody wanted to read anymore. Jack Hiles showed up. It wasn't because of John Rice that the sword of the Lord was that good that day. It was because of Jack Hiles. John Rice just kept it going until somebody showed up. There's a... On the way, Pastor Bell. Who? Who? Here's what you keep saying to me. Give us another five years, eight years, 15 years. Look, it ain't going to happen, okay? Keep praying about that. 15 years, seriously? So what you're saying is, I can do this. How about you? One trouble that you allowed to multiply because you would not handle it the way God wanted you to, it has irritated everything in and around you. You need to light that pilot again. That's what you need to do. You need to throw logs on that fire. It is, it, it, that's what needs to take place. You need to throw these logs on that fire. Remind yourself of the days you met Christ and what he put inside of you and say, no, I want that again. You need to fan those flames until once again it's ablaze. We must keep the fire burning in our generation so that the next generation Get back on your knees, Christians. Get back into God's word, Christian. I'm just telling you why we're failing. Get back to spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ again. You used to. Put some fire back into your Sunday school class again. Put some fire, some unction, some motion, some life back in your bus route again. Flames. Fan those flames of your marriage. And we'll fan it again. You're letting it go out. Not because of what other people are doing, because of what you're doing. 
See, the first thing we do is, I'm, I'm doing this right, I'm doing that right, I'm doing this right, I'm not doing anything wrong. Except, you have no more fire inside of you that drives you to do right. Therefore, you do not press. That wind we had the other day, did you picture standing out there when you little kid that used to blow? You see how far you can lean into the wind and it still holds you up? You ever do that? Anybody ever do that? Who am I talking to? Nobody? Okay. You used to lean into the wind, and when it would blow, you, you, you just wondered how far you could lean before the wind would no longer hold you up. That's the way you patiently face your problems. You don't stubbornly stand your ground. You patiently meant to stop you. Keep the fire burning. Anchor Baptist Church. Don't, don't, don't read into this. You listen to me, you listen to me. Who is taking up this pulpit? Who is going to keep your friendships together as much as possible? Who's going to keep instructing you in your marriage? Who's going to keep telling you what we need to do? For, who's going to do that? You better get your fire going again. Amen. You can't do it by determination. You cannot do it by past experience. You do it because God put it in that when you got saved. Amen. And you have to love that and fight for everything you're worth to keep that thing burning inside of you. 